Rich, what a week for the world. My finance. mom is like a walking chandelier. I wasn't expecting this. She wears jewelry. Okay. She loves jewelry. A walking chandelier, you say? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I saw John at a concert like nine months ago. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the best seats. And his outfit was so sparkly, it looked like they wheeled out a chandelier. He knows exactly what he's doing. He knows exactly. And it was a great show. My mom lives in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn. There's a jewelry store she frequents. Sometimes she's just walking by and they'll drag her in and they'll say, Sam. My mom's name is Samio. Uh-huh. I got something that made me think of you. And they throw a bracelet on her. Usually sparkles for one reason or another. Sure. Diamonds. Nothing crazy, by the way. But just really showy no, stuff. No, you, you actually, like, you say your mom, when you say chandelier, it's not true. Your mom is pretty buttoned up. She's buttoned up. Yeah. But this this shop, business is a little slow. So what do they tell Sam? They tell my mom, go wear it for a week. Enjoy it. See if you like it. If you do, you can, we'll give you a great deal. If you don't, just give it back to us. So they're essentially letting her wear out jewelry. Oh. The butcher compliments it. Sure. Deal is closed. That's she a comes, good bracelet, Sam. It's a nice bracelet. You look good. She comes. So now over the years, and it's, this is years of this activity, uh, my mom's got a lot of jewelry. It's not in the house. Sure. Where'd she put it? I said, Mom, where's all this jewelry? She's yeah. like, oh, I'm keeping it in the house. Oh, no. This is a cause for concern. It's in a safe deposit box. Oh, it, it's at the bank. It's at the bank. Now, a few years ago, the bank said, we're- Getting rid of our branch, get your stuff out of the safe deposit box. First Republican of Bay Ridge said, hey, we're closing. The- exactly. Yeah. We're going to sell it to Spamoni it's, Gardens. It's, it's DeStef- you know, Joey DiStefano's bank of <laughs> Bay Ridge is closing. Yeah. And now, so she had to find another. She found another bank with safe deposit boxes, put all her jewelry there. And I'm like, why don't you just get a safe, put it at home? No, it's, they, have, they have police. They have officers at the, at the bank. I mean, the reality is you rarely hear about safe deposit box robberies, except in movies. My mom trusts the bank. Sure. Most people trust the bank. Yeah, I, mean, I trust the bank. I, I'm, I have a Chase account. Yeah, what most people don't know, and I'm guessing, yeah, and Chase is a good place. It's a big bank. Right? $3.5 trillion. Yeah. Your money's not in a safe deposit box at the bank. No, it's in a database. It's a row in a database, yes. right? So much of our lives yes. are rows and databases. It's It actually probably should scare us all day long. It probably should scare us all day long. Because um, if you ever seen what engineers do, you ever met a DBA? Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, not good. There, Keep going. I, I don't want to name the, the, the real estate mogul uh, in Brooklyn. Uh, but you, if people live in Brooklyn can triangulate who it is. He he started with a hardware store many years ago. Okay. And he didn't trust banks. So he bought, I kid you not, like half of a major avenue, like for a mile in Brooklyn. Uh-huh. In the 60s when it was a rough patch of Brooklyn. Sure. He is extremely wealthy now. But what you had in that person was someone that did not trust Banks. Going to put my money in New York City real estate here in Brooklyn. I trust that. It's bricks. It'll hold its value. And it, it, 
he I don't think he was even thinking that. He just and by the way, I, I'm an immigrant. I come I, I came here with my parents who were immigrants and we had you know, we had delis and, and, and grocery stores and it was all cash. Yeah. We didn't we didn't understand the system. Eventually you couldn't buy a house unless you had a bank account. Oh, let's be clear, the system isn't very welcoming. The system isn't very well. I remember coming to New York City and trying to get a bank account. I'd had one upstate, my yes. little college. And it was like, it took me like three months just to get an account because no one trusts anybody here. And I was new. And, you know, right. I just like, I couldn't. It just, yeah. And it, it's such a drag. Like, it's actually really depressing because you're like, hey, I want to get into this infrastructure and have some stability. And they're like, you need 45 forms of ID and I don't like you. A hundred percent. And 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 I'm not an immigrant. I speak oh. English and I had a bank account. So so what do you guys do as immigrants when you're trying to try to make it work? We couldn't get a loan. We couldn't open a bank account. We in a way didn't want one because we didn't understand that if the money went in, you could trust that it could come it's out. It's also just kind of not for you. And we like to look if you if you ever visit New York City, you'll see that almost all the small shops, the delis, the bodegas, the grocery stores, the like the sort of green markets and whatnot are owned by immigrants, like Indian, Pakistani, Lebanese, Egyptian. It just runs the gamut. Wait, so they're not like walking into Bank of America and saying, hey, can I have a loan to open up John's Deli? They may be. Okay. If it's their third. Okay. But if they're just starting out and they want to own their own business, there is, there used to be, I don't, I cannot speak for what the world looks like today, but there used to be effectively a shadow economy around loaning people money. I mean, I'm talking about bags of money. So it was the bank of some guy. Some guy who would, frankly, the rates were against the law, first of all. Literally, rates are established. They're he, against the law. My, I, can, I can speak, I can talk to this firsthand because my uncles who are successful today bought their first businesses by borrowing from this guy at like credit card rates. Not only that, he effectively owned the business until you paid off the whole debt. So it was, it was, it was like, New York City, street smart, like, dude, I think he went to jail. I don't know exactly where he went. Why am I talking about all this? Well, this is how everybody got their start when they got here, right? Because you don't, there's a formal system, and then there's the informal system, and you don't get to participate in the formal system. But there is a belief that once you're in the club. Yeah, it's supposed to be really good. Everything is fine. It's like being a Roman citizen, right? It is, like it's, you it know. is a level of trust and reliability that, frankly, is 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 the bedrock of our economy, right? Like you have to trust it. It's hard to get in, but it once is. you're in, it's hard to get in. Now, so now I'm in the system, and boy, it feels good. You know why? You're in the system, meaning you have money in a bank account. You have money in a bank account. Okay. And it feels good. When was your first bank account? How old were you? I had I had it pretty rough early years. It was in my twenties. I didn't have a bank account when I was. I got one in college because they had the like, "Hey, you're in college. Come down yeah. to the bank." Yeah. And then it didn't transfer. I, I was I was in my twenties when I could get another one. I I was in a community college where they were they weren't making that offer. Yeah. <laughs> and and I got to it a little bit later on. Once you're in the system, it's not about, oh, cool, I can trust you to hold on to my money. You have access to all kinds of things, right? You have access to loans. You have access. Checking. Just like you just, you are a financial citizen in the world. You also, you know, 
good for you. You got bags of money in your deli, but you have no credit score. And that's a disaster if you're trying to do anything, buy a sure. car, buy a house or whatever. The other thing you can do when you have a bank account in America is you can travel and you have cards. Yes. It took me forever to get a credit card too. It yes. took me until I was in my mid-20s as yep. well. So once I'm in the system, right, uh, I, I trust that the system has protections and safety measures uh, that uh, allow me to rely on it. I'll tell you, too, it's just the experience, right? You walk into the bank after having gone to check cashing for the last few years. Yep. And you go, this is different. It's different. And the promise is this, that the experts, and, and when you promise expertise, you have to have oversight to confirm that that expertise is legit. Let me give you a better analogy. You go to a doctor. Yes. You may not like the vibe or whatever, but there's a, a key assumption you're making, which is that that doctor has gone through particular accreditations and safety measures and tests and exams to allow them to do things to your body, frankly, and that could do you harm. Otherwise, it's a very scary thing to trust the doctor. You don't ever ask a doctor, can I see your papers? No, right? but usually they hang them on the wall. And then you're like, oh, Granada. Oh. Well, there's that. Yeah. But then, right. you know, once you're in there yeah. and you see Granada and you see the office, you're like, eh, okay, all exactly. right, here we go. But look, what... I guess what I'm getting at here, and because there's a debate right now about regulation, well, we 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 didn't say all regulation and deregulation. And what I'm talking about is, you know, Silicon Valley Bank, which, great great name for a bank if it's going to fail and make a huge amount of news. Just not a, the best name. Just a treat. Not the best name. Literally, because everyone is kind of annoyed with Silicon Valley these days. Everyone's annoyed with yeah. Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley Bank. It's like calling it vest wearing douchebag bank. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I'm not going to get into what they did right and what they did wrong and should they have been more regulated or less regulated. Fortunately, the Fed stepped in. It stabilized it. But I, I don't want to get into the debate. People somehow, the debate around regulation somehow becomes religious very quickly. Very and quickly. it's like, you know, uh, it's regulation. And let me tell you what people aren't debating, Paul. You know what they're not debating? What? Doctors should be free to call themselves doctors without being regulated. Well, whenever that happens, it's really bad. It's not good, right? And and a lot of regulation that kicks in is not and I'm going to I'm going to directly stare into the eyes of the libertarian for a brief moment. Okay, hold on a minute. Let me put down my copy of the Fountainhead and put my my Rush albums to the side so I can pay attention. Rush albums. Oh, Rush has strong libertarian objectivist vibes. Come on, come on, come on. You I'll, have to accept I, it. Okay, I, okay, I got to go re-listen the Red Sector A. I there guess. you go. You do. Keep okay. going. Here's the thing. It turns out that regulation does not limit freedom. It, in fact, expands it. Because if there is a milieu of trust and reliability, growth can actually happen more so. Uh, it, it, is, it's, it goes back to Hobbes, right? If you don't have those bumpers in the system, the system can't actually thrive. And so the argument, and what you have to be wary about of the, the libertarian bent is that it's actually people who are trying to outsmart you. It's not people who actually believe it. I'm pretty convinced of it. Because if they really believed it, there would be much more chaos in the world. I think you're looking for humans to have a consistency in their belief systems that in general humans don't have. Right? I think they're just yeah. sort of like, oh, God, you know, AI could be so powerful if the government would just get out of our way. Right. It's just, 
and they, they're focused on that one thing. And then the, as humans do, we extrapolate yeah. every one particular experience becomes a universal law that must be applied in all, in all ways. Yeah. yeah. The other thing that I think really defines libertarianism to me is it, it, look, we have a very, we have a very messed up government, uh, like any, any country, but it's a pretty good one comparatively. Yeah. And when it, it runs pretty efficiently in a lot of ways to the point that it becomes invisible. And the irony to me is like really good technology is invisible. Yeah. Really good government actually probably shouldn't be invisible. Shouldn't be? Shouldn't be. You should be reminded on a regular basis. I, like I, these roads? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Look, I want to split hairs with you for one second. Here though. goes your trash. I want to make a distinction between regulation and bureaucracy. Okay. There it. are places where government bears down and creates such immense friction that you can't help but feel like, oh my God, you've gone overboard and you're now actually thwarting growth. It's very hard Pierre, to open a restaurant in New York City. Oh, anything involving buildings in New York City is it's just hard. the worst. And you think, you know what? This Unlocking this unlocks 20 jobs and unlocks the economy and blah, blah, blah. But it's like you have to be, and you know, I could, Take jabs at France at how bureaucratic it is. Of in course, other countries and all the no, stereotypes. No, no, we're in New York. So we're in the France of the United States. I tried to get solar on my house. I still have the sign on the door saying construction's going on. About eighteen months later. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, so I do think it can harm the other way. Sure. But if you're like, get out of my way and just give me the field of daisies to grow this economy. This is because is a myth. You and I, because we live here. We just see it differently, right? I, I just think it's like we're not in the car. We, we, actually, we actually, when you and I go somewhere, let's say we go to a meeting, we have a business meeting. How many people do you think we interact with indirectly or nearby on the way to like some meeting in Midtown? It's probably like 18,000. Yeah. It, right? Yeah. Just yeah. in that one narrow corridor. Yeah. Right. And so it's like, it's a guy selling, I got a guy selling me uh, like a street meat. Yeah. Like, you know, it, it, yeah. I really hope that that lamb isn't rotten. Yeah. Right. There's just a million things going on where I'm like, if this infrastructure isn't here, yeah. this becomes a cannibal king. I do believe in the aspirational nature of people and letting them run. I do believe in that. Like, yeah. But I also believe in in the the guardrails because we tend to we tend to over social media. We tend to not know when to kind of. Pull it back. You can't. We trust never know. Humans in groups are a disaster. Now we we are respectful of some groups. For instance, the family. You don't have a lot of say over what people do inside of their families or inside of their relationships. Mm -hmm. And when when government starts to step in there, it gets real creepy. Yeah, like it's yeah. really not good. Like if yeah. somebody wants to have sex with somebody else in a certain way, what the hell do I care? Yeah. Right. Like so, there is yeah. that. Yeah. I do have a very libertarian point of view there. Like, just yeah. leave people alone. Yeah. And I actually have a relatively libertarian point of view, same as you do, about commerce. I think you and I kind of, I would be a little more on the regulatory side. The thing is, is I no longer care about most things. I think p human beings are absolutely bananas. You put them into groups and they go bananas, and you kind of need to keep an eye on that. Or otherwise, it's January 6th every day. Exactly. And look, you know, for me, what is that sweet, you know, that sweet spot between smaller government and making sure the guardrails in place. Like I do I want to hear about like cutbacks to the FAA? No. It's making sure the planes no, are like, like in the proper the... parts. I think I I would say I'd say leave the FAA alone. Like I don't know spend extra. <laughs> Let's make sure things are uh, on the up and up, right? And so 
what I think grates me in all of this, and God, Twitter, Twitter really shines in these moments. Let me tell you, it's just like, it's <laughs> just that you know that that feces that smears a certain way on the street when it rains just a little. It's just Twitter is just the that's worst. a very again a very New York City metaphor. Very New York City metaphor. Like, I don't think someone in Cleveland is like, oh yeah, that feces. <laughs> Fair enough. So I think I guess you know the people that take it to a philosophical discussion, it turns into comedy for me. It's just not philosophical. Let me get, let me give this back to you. The fundamental puzzle is you're like, hey, where's the line between regulation and yeah. Sort of privatization, deregulation. I've been I'm gonna give you a weird metaphor, but it's what popped into my head. What the hell it's our podcast. So I like to play with synthesizers and sound design and manipulating and turning the knobs. Right? I know about this. Okay. So I you know, that's fun. It's a hobby. It's yes, a hobby. Of course. So I have this one synth. It's called the the Moog Matriarch. It's beautiful. Beautiful piece of equipment. Sounds beautiful. It's all knobs. It doesn't have any presets. You actually have to like every sound is dialed in from like twenty different knobs. Okay. And this better be good. Every single time, no, this is just me talking about sins. We're just going to talk about sins for 25 <laughs> minutes now. Every single time I get to a good sound, and I'm like, oh, that's exactly what I want to hear right now. I play yeah. a few keys, play a little, play some chords. And then you know what happens about a second later? What? Got to turn the knobs a little bit because it gets boring. You got to kind of keep moving things around. Yeah. We're looking for a single solution. That for like human behavior, but the reality is there is none. We're perverse, and we need things to change up. We get we're either going to get bored, yeah. or we're going to get rigid. Yeah, and and so the reality is like there is, and I actually think this is where genuine civil servants and governments who get assigned as bureaucrats often are much more subtle thinkers than we give them credit for. Like, Interesting. You know, I think they, they see this, they know this, they know it's variable, they know what the rules are. Mm. And mm. if they have, you know, I, I feel like the SEC trying to figure out crypto. It hasn't yeah. been like this total clampdown, there will be no crypto. Yeah, they're figuring it out. We're not Turkey. Like yeah. it, it, yeah, we yeah, are yeah, trying yeah. to figure it out. Yeah. But, but at the same time, there's this, this, no, we created the future of all money. And if you don't see it right now, you're stupid. Right. Like that, that, immediately dogmatic and that yeah. attitude because that attitude is just like why doesn't this favor me right now yeah. i had a hard time in high school yeah. and i deserve a good time now yeah. that yeah. that attitude doesn't really fly and they're like we'll engage well, with you but it's going to take a minute also you're not winning a debate reality is going to catch up there you go that's the thing it's not debate right and so what yeah. we're what you're seeing with silicon valley back now i do think i i really do in my heart of hearts I don't know if the Fed would have moved in quite so fast if it hadn't been called Silicon Valley Bank. Because I yeah. think for them, yeah. this is like a moment to be like, hey, guys. We're okay. Guess who's in charge? Pat on the head. Hey, yeah. remember how you told us we should replace all yeah. government with like AI bots? Yeah. How about we take over your bank? Yeah. Right. So I think there there are, and I, I, I do believe that there is just always that little wink and nod in, in human life. It's a dynamic that exists. Yes. Right. And and but the and bank had to fail first for this to happen. They didn't just take it over because it was annoying. L let me say something with absolute certainty that will happen in the future. Okay. We will step in poop again. Oh, it's smeared all over the place, according to you. We will we will step. Let me tell you what's not happening right now. And this is if anything can summarize the human condition, it's this. You know what's not happening right now? Stockpiling medicines and masks for the next pandemic. No. Nobody's talking about it. No. I don't 
Oh, we don't worry about nuclear weapons. We talk about climate, but then we don't really care. We are reactive in nature. Oh boy, are we? The laws come. The street light comes in after the car accident, inevitably. Yes. It's the same thing over and over again. And this is us. And then we just keep pointing fingers at each other. Welcome to humanity. Well, and go ahead and try to go ahead and build all the fences. See how that goes. <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. Like nothing would ever happen ever. This is, I think, the first Ziadian Fort Advisors podcast where we just complained. What is the advice? Don't get religious. Or go put your money in a pretty big bank. JP Morgan Chase. This <laughs> podcast has been sponsored by JP Morgan Chase. <laughs> They're the best. <laughs> They're great. All right, Rich. Well, that was it. That was a hell of a conclusion. A Let's... New York City bent on the Ziadi and Ford podcast yeah, look, in many ways. New York City. We, it's not like we love regulation. It's just like, okay. Yeah. I like that the, the trains don't go off the bridge. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ziadi and Ford Advisors, hit us up at Ziadi Ford on Twitter and hello at ZiadiFord.com. Give us five stars. Give us 10 stars. Give, Give us, us as many stars as you can. Well, yeah. Just tell us about the stars. Have you know? a lovely week. Bye. Bye.